You know the one thing that people don't talk about is transitioning. That, that that's the biggest that that's really gonna be the biggest war really of black people, bro. It's just transitioning. You can say people in general, bro, but I, I just like to speak for our people for the most part. But it's it's bro, it's a lot, bro. Like my, my biggest transition is the one I'm going through right now, bro. It's it's really the the two years that I did, bro. People make a lot of jokes, you know, whether it's being institutionalized. Two years where? Uh, I did two years at Dorsey Run, so that's a, a just like a, a what's that? A minimum uh, prison facility in in Jessup, Maryland. So nothing too too crazy. Not like you know, uh, Solom or <laughs> one of the big boys in Cali or nothing, but. Right, it's it, it was really just a mental a mental war for real, for real. and I really feel like the biggest the biggest issue honestly is people's transition, bro. Like just through prison alone, you're gonna go through three or four transitions, bro. Uh, I feel like the the first transition you're really gonna go through. I feel like the first transition you're really gonna go through honestly is is really just walking through, bro. You know, the first thing you think about prison, honestly, is, man, bro, what, what you saw on TV, you know, the first thing people think of usually is knives and raping. Like, that's just the reality of it, bro. But nah, you know, when you go in, it's, it's a whole different energy. Really just going in there, like your nerves are just going, bro. Like, honestly, for the first two, three months, bro, like, I honestly believe you could lose your mind. Sort of, sort of, kind. So just imagine your your regular, you know, day to day life. You know, you might get like five to eight hours of sleep or whatever the case may be. Now you're in a situation where you're not sleeping in your bed. You're not uh, <laughs> you're not in a comfortable situation. My specific situation, I'm in a dorm with over sixty grown ass men. <laughs> so sleeping isn't an option. So already there, man, your mind is playing games with you. And that right there is is just probably one of, I say, four transitions that you're going to go through. With that one being, I would say, really the hardest for for if you're not uh, mentally strong or really uh, connected. With, what's the walkthrough like? Man, walkthrough, honestly, bro, like. It was kind of weird, bro. Like, you know, you well, you might may or may not know, but you go to county jail or something like that. And it's very, you know, hey, we're watching you every step of the way. Man, once you got behind that, once that bus dropped you off and you got behind that fence, man, it was like, yeah, uh, meet us in this building to get your mat. Man, you're on a compound with over a thousand people. Like, where am I going? Like, this not school, but that's what it feels like. That's exactly what it feels like. It feels like school. So you got to ask a stranger. Mind you, it's probably like the weirdest thing, man. You're going to ask what the 6'4 dude in the yard doing a thousand burpees. Hey, where do I go to get my mat? Man, so you got to learn quick, bro. Like, whether that means follow somebody, whether that means do what. For my specific situation, man, I follow somebody. I seen the mats, kind of scoped everything out. Man, they could tell I didn't belong there. I still had on like the the entry level clothing that, that we wore, so I'm still sticking out. But I'm trying, I'm trying my best to blend in, bro. All, all I'm looking for is a mat. 
I'm talking about 30 minutes walking a whole compound looking for a mat. And, you know, you, you, you go into it like, man, I'm not going to be talking to police. Man, it came to the point. I'm like, I see. Right, where, where am I going? <laughs> How do I get this mat, bro? I, I'm just literally trying to get a mat. That's all they want you to do is get a mat. Finally found where the mats are at. I'm like, okay, I, I see people dressed like me now. At, at the time, it was like a blue little flimsy uh, paper. I wouldn't even call it a t-shirt, bro. It, it, it felt like a little barber cape that they would throw over you, but something like that. So I found more people who look like me, and okay, finally got my mat. Never forget, I'm looking at the slashes that's in the mat. Like you can see, like the little bit of foam that's inside of it, barely any. And I'm like, okay, cool, man. They give you two pairs of drawers, two white pairs of boxers. No, these things don't look. They don't look like nothing, bro. It's like the thinnest material you could possibly imagine. So you keeping that in your mind, and they giving you a trash bag. You putting it in there, and it's just so weird, bro, because you really don't know what to do. Like, you really have to sit back and just take everything. People will put up their little uh, their shields, uh, defenses, you know, mean mug. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm tough the whole way through. Like, nah, brother, this was just a three-hour drive. Uh, I'm trying to get a mat. <laughs> if anything, I'm trying to get a mat, bro. So you, you finally get your mat. Cool. Man, you're assigned to this dorm. Already, man, it, it, it feels like school, but then it feels like the street at the same time. Oh, man, you going to building one. Oh, man, workers norm? Cool. Okay, I was like, workers norm? Okay, that sounds cool. That sounds cool. That wasn't me, though. Building three. Okay, okay, that's decent, that's decent. Okay, okay, you going to, uh, what they call it? Oh, you going to the gardens, you going to the gardens. I'm like, okay, what the fuck does that mean, gardens? That wasn't mine either. Building four. Oh, man, that's luxury, man. You set, man. You'll be outside that gate in no time, man. You going to the suburbs. That wasn't mine either. <laughs> Building two. Oh, you going to the projects, bro projects <laughs> they was like yeah you're going to the projects i'm thinking to myself like well, what gives you like you know what i'm trying to say was it my crime i committed was it like what was it that said hey you numbered this this and the third you're going over to building two the projects and you know it's bad if the co's are calling it the projects they ain't just saying building two like yeah you got a sticker that says two they saying no you're going to the projects all right cool so now look look now you kind of got to get ready now. Now you're on defense. Off break. The CEO says, are you going to the projects? Oh, man, I didn't heard about that. Boom, boom, boom. I'm like, you know, I ain't even trying to listen to it. Let's go. I walk through. Cool. Buzz in the door. One door opens, leads you to the top of the steps. Another buzz door. Now I'm like, okay, now I'm feeling locked in. Because at first it felt like a little bit of freedom. I ain't going to lie to you. Walking the whole compound, getting your mat. It was a lot of walking. Finally get in, CO through the glass bubble. All you see is him go like this. Up to the glass. Points to it. No words, no nothing. He's in a bubble. He's in a whole nother glass. I go, and you could hear the doors unlock, and it's a sound, bruh, that you'll never, ever get used to, bro. Like... <sighs> You, you ever watch Stranger Things? 
in a Stranger Things, they got the little uh, Gorgon, the little monster when he's over there in Russia, and you hear those old rusty bolts kind of unlock. Man, that's what it sounds like, bro. It, it's not like to the point where every time that door opens, you got 60 or 70 people looking at you, bro, at all times. So you really walk through, and they know. And you don't know what what really to do because automatically, automatically, you think, okay, first person going to say something to me. You, you know the movies. First time somebody say something, what, what, what they usually do? They swing or something, something goofy, like from a movie. Reality, you are not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Man, dude asked me, he said, which letter? I'm like, you know what I'm thinking. I'm like, okay. Man, is he asking me a gang question? Is he asking me? What is he asking me? He said, your card. Showed him, like, the card. Of, you know where they told me to go. It would say, like, two. I want to say, like, H this. So H this. They might separate the dorms. Like, left side is H. The other side is G. Or whatever the case is. I believe mine was, like, 2H18. Hotel 18, I believe. Showed it to him. He said, you on that side. I go over to the side, all eyes on me. Like I said, you're talking about 60 people in the dorm, so about 30 and 30. Man, I'm walking up the aisle, man, and it is nothing like I could imagine. I'm hearing, I'm like, what the fuck is that, bro? Man, dude in the back of the uh, dorm getting his whole chest blasted. I'm looking to my left, and I can't make this up. I'm looking to my left. I'm watching a dude hold a spoon to his nose, rocking his head back and forth. I cannot make this up. This is on the first day. I'm literally four steps into the aisle. I'm looking to my right. So mind you, I look to the back. I hear the tattoo machines. I'm a tattoo artist. So, you know, that's the first thing I'm I'm like, oh, 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 shit. Oh, okay, they get down with the ankle a little bit back here. That was the first thing that went through my mind. I was like, okay, I'm going to find out more about that. The spoon to the nose, I was like, yo, in the open? Like, you could see the cameras up top. In the open? Oh, we really in the projects. So that's all that's in my mind. Projects, projects. Look to the right. I could see people smoking. Couldn't tell what it was at the time. That'll be for another day in discussion. Finally find my uh, bunk. They have it engraved on the steel part of your bunk. Like, it'll have the numbers. It said 18 on mine. It, it, it looked like it was some type of tote, something on top, a whole bunch of stuff. Man, two dudes, I'll never lie, uh, pretty much was standing in front of it. They saw me. They was like, this where you sleeping? I was like, yeah. Had to stand firm on it. Cool. They immediately started cleaning it up. Very respectful. Soon as they were done cleaning it up, before I could even set my stuff down. So where you from? PG. And wasn't saying no gang, wasn't saying anything. PG. Dude to the left, mind you, these dudes is big. The dude to my right was uh, who became a longtime friend, my brother Shooter. The dude to the left was actually a pretty good friend to this day now. I would say his name is Chubb. So Chubb was actually from D.C., so he immediately picked up. What I'm not knowing is, is that they're already deciding, you get what I'm trying to say? Almost where I belong, in a sense. So what is phase two? Phase two in terms of 
Transit. You said it's four phases. Yeah, it's, it's definitely four phases. Man, we're still on the first one. But to, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. The first one is really figuring it out. Really figuring out your surroundings. Really figuring out your, let, let's say you're a, a lion. You're a lion, but you have to survive. You're a lion, but guess what? There's no more land. I'm going to put you in the ocean. Figure it out. Figure it out. <laughs> Figure it out or drown. I know that's pretty pretty wild, but that's essentially what prison is. It's a whole different world. It's something totally not natural. There's nothing natural about it whatsoever, especially in that setting. Now, you would think minimum security and everything like that is very open. It's very, you get what I'm trying to say? Uh, wrong, bro. <laughs> wrong. It, it's it's more vulnerable. It's, it's, it's not, there's no privacy. There's no anything. There's already no privacy. But now imagine none. At least you could go to your cell to, well, like when I was in cell living, at least you could go to your cell, lock in for a little bit, read a book. No, everything you do will be under a microscope by 60 other men and then a whole facility for full of COs. It's a world inside of another world. So I would say phase one, bro, is honestly just figuring it out. Figuring it out, bro. What, what are you going to do? Who's who in here? Who's who? During my first my first two days, I was uh, warned, warned, alerted, however, that I was going to be robbed. Real spill. I, I came in. I had fresh pair of 990s on. My lawyer said, look, man. If you don't want to wear those, you know, all white little, we, we call them uh, pills or whatever, the shoe, because they look like little generic little pills on your feet or whatever. It's just some ugly shoes. Man, wear your 990s to court. I did it. If one thing, I'm going to make the best of my situation, bro. I love me some shoes. Bro, the very first situation, you really going to have to figure it out. You will have multiple tests, but I will say this, and this is accurate to the movies. Every prisoner will have one test where you are tested. You will be tested in the best, like, you will be tested, bro. Very, very directly. And this was the first test, essentially. Um, hard to say if I passed or failed, but the very first test was, hey, don't go to sleep. Looking at the dude, what you mean don't go to sleep? This was uh, who became a long uh term friend a uh, shooter don't go to sleep bro i'm telling you now them bgf things they gonna they gonna try to take your shoes bro they want them like what the fuck like bet didn't go to sleep bro even when i'm in the bed i'm in the bed with my shoes on laced up this is like your first first test bro first first test so now in terms of figuring out, now I'm figuring it out. Now, okay, guess what you got to decipher now? Who the fuck is BGF, bro? Who the fuck are they? Like, you really need to figure out. Like, the first phase is really figuring it out. Long story short, for the most part, I mean, cool. It, it, it was able to be de-escalated, but that was a whole nother play in itself. In a way, the dude who pretty much politicked for me and was like, hey, look, we're not doing that. That's my bump buddy. 
he was part of a whole nother organization. You get what I'm trying to say? It's part of a whole nother organization. So for me, this is this is part two. Part two, the second transition. Now you got to pick your side, bro. You figured out everything. You, you figured out everything. You figure out now, like, okay, for my situation, this dorm is ran by BGF immediately. First person who tried to press me. Now I'm looking at the people. You know, of course, he helped me. Man, this person is that. This person is that. And he's the only person who's really giving me advice to the point of like, okay, I kind of got to take his word. You get what I'm saying? I kind of got to. He warned me about a robbery. And once you, one thing about it, once you know that someone's trying to rob you, man, now you start to notice, okay, these, these looks ain't because, oh, you know me from somewhere. You get what I'm trying to say? You, you starting to get on point now and cool. But phase two is really, like I said, now you got to pick your side, man. You want to be a loner? You want to join an organization? You want to be with somebody indirectly? You want to be with somebody direct? But you will make a choice. Phase two uh, of a prison transition is definitely making a choice who you want to be. You'll have dudes who say, man, I'm not I'm not making no choice, man. Da, 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 da. You did make a choice. Just because you became Muslim or a civilian doesn't mean you didn't make a choice because those are categories in itself. When, when COs ask what you're a part of, they really want to know. If you say Muslim, that doesn't exclude you from uh, being in that organization or gang list because you're still marked as that. So phase two is really making a choice, in a sense. What do you want to be a part of? Mm. Cool. Is that just a relationship thing? Like, I got cool with this person, so I'm going to be with this person. Like, are you really seeing all the politics that's going on? Absolutely. So once you figure everything out, phase one is so important, bro, because people don't get past phase one, bro. Some people don't get past phase one, and that's when you hear that stories. Man, my homeboy was in this dorm, man. He just got rolled out. His mat just got rolled. For us, that means, oh, no, they just beat you up and made you get up out of there. Like, in terms of that, like, for example, if there's somebody who's not really following these uh, <laughs> these hidden rules, in a sense, you will, you will get rolled out. Where do you go? Um... In minimum, in the one I was in, there's not necessarily a PC, but there are clearly safer dorms. Like I said, they got a, a dorm that's called the suburbs. You get what I'm trying to say? So they might send you over there. But for the projects, no, you made your own rules on the projects. The COs did not control the the, the projects. How the COs and uh, the prison looked at it, if we got four buildings, these are all criminals. Why not put all the worst criminals in one building? That way it's easy to contain. If it gets too rowdy, guess what? We'll just up your security. But we can keep peace between these three dorms and just have one super chaotic dorm. That was literally um, something the CEO told me. He was like, that's the mindset they went into it. They was like, we don't want to battle four different dorms. we rather fence off this one dorm or one building, and okay, that's what it is. We know this is the dorm. 
You get what I'm trying to say? When you walk in this dorm, you know it's wartime. It's essentially a war. Wow. So phase one is figuring it out. Phase two is choosing a side. Yes, you must choose your side. You must. Phase three. Phase three, by this time, I would say you're super comfortable, man. Like, if you made it to phase three, bro, man, you should be working your way in a minimum facility. You should be working your way out of it for the most part. Phase three is honestly, man, coming up with a plan. How are you spending your day-to-day in your life? Like, how are you spending your day-to-day? Truthfully, um, during this time, phase three, for me, was was getting a job, bro, and being able to move to the worker's dorm. You get what I'm trying to say? And w- what could I do to hustle up money? What can I do to hustle up um, good good credit? By this time, if you made it to phase three, you were known in, in the prison. Everyone knows each other or will get some type of word on it. You've already been identified to whatever you, it is you belong with, whether it's BGF, blood, crip, Muslim, or civilian, or murdering. You're already, you get what I'm trying to say, locked in on a group. We know what you're about. People already know, oh, man, that dude smokes K2 in his spare time. Nah, man, that, that dude just really likes tobacco. Man, that dude loves wine. They're going to, oh, this dude gambles all day long. You're gonna. They're gonna know your vice. They're gonna know everything about you. So if you made it to phase three, you are essentially known. And as long as you know, obviously there's still issues and problems, but it can be pretty smooth once you make it to phase three. So phase three is really the mental war now on yourself. Now it's time. Hey man, what are you gonna do? You still got about two years left on your sentence, maybe three, whatever the case is. What are you gonna do? to make this time go down. What is it? And this is really the break or fold mentality, but man, I'm seeing so many brothers rise from, from this, but I've seen a lot of brothers fall from this. This is when you decide and then you start having conversations. You're in the dorm. Look at the dorm as the neighborhood. You're in your neighborhood now. People know you in your neighborhood. Man, you're having group discussions, stuff like all type of discussions like, hey man, what you want to do when you get out? Hey man, you think I could borrow that CDL book? Or it could be the other route. Hey, man, how are we going to get this K2 over this fence? What are we going to do? How, how can we get those real knives up in here, not these fake ones? It, it's two different routes you can really take. A lot of dudes who I say <laughs> really excelled the most is obviously the ones who could do both. You get what I'm trying to say? So that that's definitely a good blend. Um, I like to think that I took really, really the higher, the highest of all routes, honestly, bro. Like, I really furthered my education in there, bro. I can honestly say I really read over 300 books. It it was to the point my own mom was like, are you all right? Do you need something? Like, you haven't asked me for any food. You, you, You haven't asked me not once for any food or anything. Are you just eating cafeteria food? I said, no, my, my toad is full. <laughs> my toad is beyond full. Hey, but I do need that book, though. I do need that that uh, George Jackson sold that, brother. I need that. You, you think we could get that on Amazon? I got $15. You get what I'm trying to say? I can get my man to cash app it for you, whatever the case it was. I became a book junkie. It, it wasn't really much about our people that I wasn't trying to learn about. So that's what I would say is, is phase three, the war with yourself.
I would like to think that specific war, it's many wars that you're going to have with yourself, but I like to think that that specific war, I think I won. I, I feel like it at least bettered me in that situation to able to uh, survive the circumstance that I was going through. Because you got to remember, th this is what made my prison experience a lot different from others. During this time, brother, I left my daughter when I was three, when she was three months old. She was three months old when I turned myself in. During this time, COVID, I turned myself in October. COVID hits December. Jails are done. You get what I'm trying to say? It's no going outside for work detail. There's no more wreck. All wreck is done inside. There's no more visits. There's no more anything. And, and I feel like that right there, I mean, prison is rough in itself, but it's not too many people going through through that specifically. My, my firstborn uh, for the first, I believe, I want to say five to seven months, I might have seen her one month out of those first seven months before they started, you know, that they, they were able to get us like some laptops and we was able to like Skype our family and stuff like that. But nah, for for the first seven months, I might have seen my daughter all the one month. You get what I'm trying to say? So the, the war uh, mentally is definitely there. You're definitely going to fight it. But it's like, what are you going to do to uh, suppress that uh, that sadness? And, and for me, it was books, man. Pe people choose a lot of vices. People choose a lot of things. I essentially opened up a library, bro. Something that my uh, brother Shooter taught me how to do. When when I first came in there, he, he was checking my temperature. He was like, man, would you smoke OJ? Stuff like that. I was like, no. Nah, nah. I said, hey, but I do want to ask you, this. brother, do you have a book I can read? He was just like so taken back by it. Opens up this huge, huge tote, over 300 some books. Then he starts teaching me the game. He said, look, man, you're going to have all these fake readers in here, bro. Start renting these books out, man. If you got family out there, start getting them to order you some books if you can. But most, most of your family will, I'm trying to tell you, bro, if you got a good support system. Man, rent those books out. Tell that dude you want six noodles and you can read this book. Man, he built my hustle up. You get what I'm trying to say? I, I was essentially the library man. You wanted an urban novel? Cool. You, you, you wanted a political science book? Cool. Biography of your favorite rapper, Rick Ross, Gucci Man. I had all those books. You want a little freaky magazine? I got that too. You get what I'm trying to say? So he really built up my hustle, and that really kept us busy in a sense. And we wasn't in nobody's way. You get what I'm trying to say? Doing nothing, you know, that could... uh rub somebody the wrong way. It was something respectable. You get what I'm trying to at the same time we're learning. It was like a whole different form of education, really. So phase three is definitely the war with yourself. What are you willing to do to, uh, it, that feeling isn't going to go away in a setting like that, but what are you willing to do to suppress that for the moment until you, until you have to address it again once you leave those gates for the most part? And that's what would lead to step four. What's, what's step four? What's phase four? freedom in a way you get what I'm trying to say in a way for for that situation prison is a very extreme uh, situation so man freedom freedom comes in all different levels but for this really being able to do simple things man one of the uh, main things I wanted to do when I was first released I, I couldn't do it because I was immediately put on house arrest but one of the first things I did when I did get off house arrest and was released Bro, I just wanted to drive, bro. I literally just drove 
<laughs> for hours on end in Maryland. When I was finally able to drive, I just drove all day, windows down. Uh, I think I filled up a whole entire gas tank and just drove. Something as simple as that. So in terms of, of leaving a prison, I would definitely say it's a, a it's definitely a, a freedom. It's a whole nother fight that comes after, but it's honestly freedom, man. All the things that you learned, all the things that you built on, in my case and scenario, all the notebooks, um, all the books, all the literature, it's time to put it all together. Because you don't want, the one thing you don't want to be, and this is probably my pride talking, the one thing you don't want to be, you don't want to be that guy, and this is a real thing. You don't want to be, man, that guy, okay, you're always hosting uh Christian service every Sunday. It's a thing for sure. You're a big speaker. You get what I'm trying to say? You're you're really uh taking a role of leadership. And then as soon as you release from prison, you go back to your old ways. Dang, man. You you a blood now? How how you do that? When we was locked up, you was leading the Christian service. You get what I'm trying to say? So yes, it's freedom, but you 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 got to be willing to put all those tools together, man. Cause with, with freedom, that that's the hardest part, man. We're sitting here talking about phases and transitions. That right there really is the biggest thing. Do you realize how free you are? Are you too free in that situation? And this is a real person. I, I think that person might have been too free. You get what I'm trying to say? You you took a step back. The world punched you in the face, which happens. We don't have the correct tools to to really uh, the courts uh, or courts or the DOC's transition is halfway house, house arrest. These are not things of transition. These are uh, more comfortable ways of imprisonment. You get what I'm trying to say? Or incarceration. You're still incarcerated, whether you might not be in a prison, but you're incarcerated to your home. You get what I'm trying to say? You're incarcerated to that halfway house. There's no real uh, helpful transition when when it comes from that. Because like I said, how could you put a lion in the ocean for so many years? And let's say he came out of it. He survived it. But how could you put him back on land and expect him to be the same? I just don't think that's that's really, really possible. And that's one of the main reasons you see the uh, reoccurring uh, cycle of uh, brothers being in prison. Like, it, I believe, the I don't know the exact percentage, but I know for a fact um, it's easier for somebody to return to prison than go to prison for the first time. You get what I'm trying to say? And that's really the reason. It's really on that transition. Like, how how can you really... You get what I'm trying to say? Pull pull everything together. How can you uh, put somebody in those extreme situations and expect them to really come out on top? You can. Don't get it wrong. But you need help. That's a very extreme circumstance. That's almost like, man, the, you, you watch Paid in Full. The dude had a life-changing experience. Uh, uh, Ace got shot. You get what I'm trying to say? You're not thinking the same. You're not breathing the same. Uh, uh, Cameron, whoever his character was, how, uh, Rico, how could you expect me to jump back out there? I'm all shot up, man. I just went through a life-changing experience. How could you expect me to come back and do the same thing or be great or be a citizen? You know, it's, that that's where I feel like our uh, DOC system, whatever, parole system, that's what it lacks. It lacks transition.